Hi, and welcome to Australia's first Let's Talk Tiny Houses podcast. My name is Christine, and ever since laying eyes on my first tiny house, I wanted to know more about the movement, the lifestyle, the communities, and most of all, how I can go tiny. While on my tiny journey, gathering information and meeting amazing like-minded people, I started thinking, apart from my business, how could I contribute back to the movement? Then I was introduced to podcasting, and that was my light bulb moment. I'm so thrilled that through this podcast, I am able to bring you an amazing cast of co-hosts who all bring their own unique skills, knowledge, and advice to each episode. All of us are extremely passionate about the tiny house movement and want to share our experience, expertise, and enthusiasm with our listeners. Each week, we will bring you a special guest interview or particular hot topic discussion that relates to tiny living for your listening pleasure. Okay. Let's jump in and find out who we have with us this week. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk Tiny Houses. I have Patty with me. Hello. And our special guest who will reveal in a second. If you're part of the Facebook group, you'd already know who we have with us, but we're super excited to be interviewing the founder of Australian Tiny House Directory, the lady heading up the Australian Tiny House Jamboree in Victoria, and the woman who is going to be the human guinea pig for the <laughs> groundbreaking, amazing tiny house build in St Kilda that I'm sure Ooh. all of us have been watching with great interest and anticipation. And it's none other than Elle Patton. Hey, Elle. We're really good. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. That's that's awesome. Thank you again for giving us your time tonight. We're doing an evening interview tonight. We're all kind of night owls, so it worked out really well. We are, aren't we? We are, we are. Um, (laughs) So, thank you again for um, your time. And we're so excited to have you on because you are the woman with... All the information and the lowdown on the um, tiny house build in St Kilda, and you'll actually be speaking about this at the tiny house carnival coming up in early March down in St Ives. Yeah, yeah, I will absolutely, I will be. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, it's nice to get to know you, you both. Yeah, the uh, tiny house carnival in Sydney. Sorry, tiny homes carnival in Sydney. I will be sharing uh, the all the latest and greatest details around uh, the project that's happening in St Kilda for the tiny nonprofit, uh, and sharing the stage with some amazing tiny house celebrities. I must say, uh, I'm pretty excited about it personally. Oh yeah, so. yeah. And will people have the opportunity to meet you at the carnival? Absolutely. Uh, as uh, as a member, um, I will be assisting with the alpha store. Uh, and I'll be making myself available to meet and greet people while at the event. Um, and I always love uh, walking around and taking a tour of all the tiny houses myself. Uh, um, yeah, that's a bit of a thrill for me. I, that, that never gets tired for me. So oh. I'll be walking around, I'll be in the crowd, and if anyone sees me, please do come up and say hi and introduce yourself because I do love getting to know members of the community. Oh, fantastic. Well, that would be a really great thrill for a lot of people, I know. So for those who 
um, aren't aware of the St Kilda build or don't have all the information about it, would you be able to give us a little uh, rundown of maybe how the concept came about? And sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely happy to. Almost two years ago, well, at the beginning of the March, uh, beginning of March, it will be two years ago. Uh, a colleague of mine, Jan Stewart, um, uh, Jan is one of the co-founders of the Tiny Nonprofit. She was talking to another colleague of hers um, about the concept of tiny houses, and um, Daniel, the friend that she was speaking with, turned around and said, "Are oh, you interested in some land for a project?" And uh, Jan said, "Look." She had to line uh, a meeting up with myself and Daniel. And, yeah, out of that, out of the first meeting, uh, we secured the land in St Kilda for a tiny house project. Uh, it took us 20 months mm. now back and forth with council to gain permission to move forward in this project. Uh, we uh, ended up pushing that, uh, pushing that through. This month we are installing the first tiny house in Victoria with pre-permission for long-term occupancy. Uh, which Fantastic. is pretty exciting. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. It must be, uh-huh. like, you must just feel on top of the world at the moment. Like, it's a massive <laughs> achievement. It is. It's, um, I, oh, I think, I think I'll feel that way when it's done. At the moment, there's a lot of work to do and we've been going um, around the clock for probably the last three uh, three months. I did take three days off over Christmas. Oh. <laughs> but otherwise... Yeah, we've been going, um, this has been a long project because it's not just about the tiny house um, and demonstrating tiny houses as a viable form of housing. We're also building a community garden in the space. Uh, We'll be putting in an application for a permit with horticultural use at the end of March and then be opening up, I think it comes in at a little over, at about 60% of the land of this donated block for the community to have uh, garden plots. So what we want to do is enhance connection, we want to enhance health, we want to uh, in, enhance uh, sustainability, self-sufficiency, all while demonstrating uh, green processes and demonstrating tiny houses, of course, as a viable form of housing. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And the main thing with the community gardens is the community, that sense of community and building it and nurturing it. So it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> uh, um, so, in um, when I was looking around at the photos, and you've got some little videos up as well of um, when the land was being cleared at the block, but there's a beautiful mural that's been done at the lot. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that was a, uh, that's a really interesting story, actually. Um, when I first uh, was mapping out the design for the block, um, I had this artist in mind, uh, an amazing artist called My Dog Side. And I put it out of my mind because it lives in the UK. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Not a chance. And every time I started working on the project, just at random, somebody would send me a piece of his artwork knowing that I liked it or an article about him knowing that I liked him. Yeah. And I just kept pushing it aside. And then a dear friend of mine does. Uh, got in contact with me and said, coming to Australia, we're going to his opening. Um, <gasps> absolutely, we are. Uh, and I, um, I wrote to him, told him what we were doing. And yes. 
he was kind enough, even though he's a well-known artist that normally commissions for thousands and thousands of dollars for his beautiful pieces, he was kind enough to do that piece for us and, and um, on the agreement that we paid for the paints. Oh, <laughs> how awesome. And it, it's just gorgeous. I, for those who haven't seen it, it's two eyes. And they're, oh, they're, there's a reflection of um, some people in those eyes. Yeah, so that's a, um, a pretty lovely story as well. He had asked me to bring a whole heap of photos that inspired me, and one of the people who have inspired, who has inspired me in my tiny house journey was Dan Stewart, one of the co-founders of the Tiny Non-Profit. Yeah. And she's very humble, very sweet. And she's such a gentle, loving soul that just supports everybody around her. And I was telling telling the artist all about this woman and then I went to lunch and obviously went and bought him uh, some coffee and some food for uh, and, and brought it back and he painted a portrait of her and I in the eye now it would have been nicer if had it just been Jan but, <laughs> but I'm not going to complain that was pretty special um, and then uh, the uh, the silhouette there is from the first event that Jan and I did together exhibiting for Tiny Houses for Melbourne Knowledge Week. Oh, what, I think it's almost three years ago now. Wow. Um, so Melbourne Innovation Week is a week that they run every year and um, we managed to get Tiny Houses into that space. And that was us tired at the end of our event. We were <laughs> blissfully happy that we disclosed Tiny Houses to all of Melbourne. <laughs> so, oh. And then on the left-hand side, You'll see the Brighton Beach Shacks um, in reference to um, uh, two tiny houses and the Secular Palms on the right-hand side of the eye. Oh, they're just gorgeous. Like, they're so realistic and it's like they're they're glistening. It draws you in. They really draw yeah. you in. Yeah. We're looking oh, at yeah. them at the moment. <laughs> They are. They have that, uh, that magnetism about them, don't they? Yeah. How long did really. it take him to do that? That was one day. <gasps> wow. Yeah, I, think it, I think it was about six and a half hours. Gosh. Oh, that's that's something super special. It's just going to be so phenomenal once it's all completed with all the love that everyone's shared with you to get it done and all your efforts. It's just amazing. So... Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're, we're um, wanting to make sure we cover everything. So at the moment, you're, the build is done, the build is complete. Yeah, so the uh, tiny house that has been built by the team uh, from Tiny House yes. to Go, um, they're building that at an amazing site, the same site that the Australian Tiny House Chamber is going to be at, uh, a place oh. called uh, Yarra Valley Ecos, which is a sustainability park up in the Yarra Ranges. So it's a full loop that the, the tiny house is being built in an environmental park and then landing in a space that promotes uh, being friendly with the environment. So uh, it's quite a lovely connection. So that is, that's coming down to Silda with, uh, by the end of the month. And, yeah, and then from there uh, it'll take two days to be installed and hooked up to the systems. And then that, that'll be phase four complete and then we move on to the community garden phase. Oh, awesome. So everyone can stay up to date um, with all the progress and when the, because um, I know you're not, you're keeping the actual um, 
installation date um, close close to your chest at the moment. Um, but everyone will be able to stay up to date with uh, your Facebook page and mm-hmm. Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, feel free to jump on and subscribe to the Tying On Profit newsletter if you're interested in following the story. Also, a tiny non-profit Facebook group and also on Instagram, either my personal or tiny non-profit. It's also up in that space as well if you're more of a visual person. Whatever works for you there. We're, we're across one platform somewhere. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We'll be putting um, a few things up at, uh, over Twitter at some point from our other board members like that space as well. So... Yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> oh, awesome. And we'll add all the um, links for everyone so it's a, they can just quickly click and um, get in touch with you that way. We'll add it to the show notes and all our Facebook and Instagram pages as yeah. well. Do the sherry, sherry thing. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Um, and as I was, I was reading as well um, that you had done an environmental leaders course as part of your process in this build. As I was working through this process of um, uh, trying to work out how tiny houses fit in the landscape and um, also I had come across a uh, piece of research because we, uh, the tiny non-profit has strong motivators in homelessness mm-hmm. and, and housing issues. I came across an, uh, some research and I cannot for the life of me tell you what research uh, but that if somebody is homeless, they can't uh, be expected to practice the same environmentally friendly practices that somebody who has a keeper cup and has access to a tap to wash it on. Um, for example, uh, the the standard for a homeless person when it comes to their environmental practices, uh, and it's just that much more challenging. Mm-hmm. And I saw the link between um, environmental issues and housing issues, and I became interested in what was going on in the environmental space down there, and we were aligning the project with the environmental initiatives of Port Phillip Council, and yeah, came across Environmental Leadership Group at Port Phillip Council, which has been an incredible program. I can't speak highly of it enough. Um, mm. The, the people that I've met, the projects that are coming out of that space. Uh, yeah, it's just incredible. I highly recommend anybody in the area who's interested in upping their leadership skills as well as learning more about their environmental issues. If your local council has something like that, yeah, I highly recommend getting involved. Oh, Brilliant. that's awesome. I love doing courses and learning new things and it's always good to if you've got one with your local council or something that really takes your interest really do it Definitely. yeah because you it, not only the knowledge but the people you meet true it's like finding true. finding your little tribe absolutely yeah. and the cross-pollination of ideas uh, yeah. and the uh, potential for collaborative projects to come out of that space mm. uh, everything's just is that ripple effect, I think, is greatly underestimated. But with something like what Port Phillip Council have done with the Environmental Leadership Group is they'll bring a whole heap of people with the same core values and put them in the one room together. And they may have different projects in mind. Um, but one of the things they highlight is if you're stuck on a project or if you're stuck on a pathway through to the next level of your project, chances are that there's somebody within your network even if you're not involved in an environmental group like that, 
there's usually somebody in your network that has the answer or knows somebody who will have the answer. Mm. So speaking up and putting your challenges on the table, not needing to person who's in the know and admitting what you don't know and putting that all out on the table so that the people in your environment can step up and support you is a pretty powerful thing yeah it's probably one of my biggest learnings out of the whole thing yeah to do that more did you find that you um you kind of like to just take on all the workload and try and solve everything yourself is that what you're is that what you're saying described me at the beginning of this project um, I'm probably less yeah that's me at the beginning of the project I uh, would take uh, a lot on my a lot more on myself and feel like it was my problem to solve and I've learned to ask for help or ask for knowledge and um, and to step back and push other people forward who have um who have more expertise in a space than I do. And um, I think that's uh, the part when you're project managing, I think that's one of the crucial elements to project managing well is to know what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. So definitely this project has taught me so much. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, we're super excited and um, I'd love to get down there one day and, check it out i'm sure patty would too oh, and yeah. i'm sure millions of people would <laughs> that's why you're keeping the date close to your chest but that's okay that's okay we'll get there um but uh, oh look we would love to have everybody down there <laughs> on the day that we're installing it because it will be quite the sight to see but at the same time one of the reasons we are keeping it close to our chest is uh we want to ensure uh, minimal disruption to the community that we're moving it into, mm. as well as the safety of the community and all of the, uh, the because it's going to draw a bit of a crowd anyway. We know that. Tiny yeah. houses do that. They're, they're amazing. I, I stopped to look. I can't blame anybody else for wanting to stop and look when they see <laughs> someone going past like that. So uh, keep everybody safe and we want to keep the situation. Um, we will be opening it up for uh, tours in very limited numbers, and we will be um, giving, um, making, having people come in, have a look, they make an appointment. So yeah, definitely, it's definitely going to be a space for sharing concepts. We just need to do it in a respectful, bite-sized pieces, so that we are part of the community and not disruptive to the community. That's true. I was thinking you did. You mentioned before that the land was actually donated. How did that come about? Is that a, somebody else in the community? Yeah. So this land has um, been sitting vacant for over forty years, and nothing was being done with it. Forty it years. Forty years. Yeah. There's no. Wow. Uh, it wasn't plumbed in. There was no electric to this block or anything like that. It was. There was garbage uh, waste height. There were vines three foot deep around the edges um yeah it's been plenty of moments of pure overwhelm with it i'll admit that uh but yeah it's 850 square meter block wow so did you have to get that cleaned up before you got the council approval to go ahead with the build or was that just part of the process (laughs) so we've been chipping away at that for um while we were waiting for that uh that permission to come in and um, and then when that permission came in, it was a it was put on the gas. It, <laughs> <laughs> everything sped up very very quickly. Um, we've had we moved almost five tons of rubbish from that site, yeah. and gotten rid of uh, pests. There were um, all kinds of I, I, 
I'm not going to gross you out with what <laughs> be found in that space. That just wouldn't be nice. A nice thing to do to your clothes. Oh. It's much cleaner than what it was. We're, it's still a work in progress, though, and that's another reason that we're um, being very careful with the numbers that we have down to that space is it's getting cleaner and cleaner um, at the moment. We still ask people who are coming onto the site to treat it as a construction zone and come in with the appropriate boots, for example, and when we're moving the tiny house in, everybody will be in high-vis gear. So we do need to do all of those safety things in order to protect the community. Oh, oh that's awesome. Awesome. Ah. So, Elle... Do you know Patty lives in a tiny? <laughs> Tell me about your tiny, Patty. I'm hearing my own voice. Please. Well, actually, I was going to ask you, what's the size of yours? Is it six by three, the standard, or six by two and a half? Eight meters by two point five wide, four point three high. Okay. Oh, sorry, four four high. Four high. Yep, yeah, that sounds similar. Cool. I've my mine is uh, six by two and a half or two point four, and I think yeah. it's four point three high from the ground like from the the floor to the top of the roof so yeah so you went maximum height yes um yeah well, i went with i got a builder to build it up here at coolum um aussie tiny houses um, ah, no, the business well, yep. yeah that he just did fabio was just so good to work with he'd send me photos along the way and do you want the floorboards going sideways or lengthways and do you like this and do you like you know how about we do this and he was just tremendous through the whole build so i feel like i had my hand on every little tiny bit basically mm-hmm. it was custom built i call it um, and how did you find the downsizing process, Patty? Um, easy, in that I think I was in that process and I've been in that process for some time. I've moved house probably, what was it, six times in two years. And so I was just, I don't need this. And mm-hmm. so you just get rid of it. And we had the floods here and I thought, why have I got five blankets? It's Brisbane. <laughs> so I, I gave a lot of stuff away when we had the floods because I mm. knew people that had been affected by that. They'd mm. lost their entire houses and colleagues that I worked with and this sort of thing. So I just sort of started giving stuff away because I just didn't need it. Um, I don't know if it all started from me growing up in the country or, uh, you know, having that connection to the land and minimising and minimal and being efficient. I don't know. But it just seemed like the right place. I was living in a two-bedroom unit thinking, why have I got all this space? Why am I paying for this? And Mm. happened to see one of the shows on TV and went, (laughs) this is interesting. Which one was it, may I ask? I I think it was oh, it was one of the American shows that I saw and I didn't like the lofts. They were so tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just started investigating and I thought, oh, a container. And I went, oh, that's a bit, a bit industrial for me. And mm-hmm. just happened to do some more research, found Aussie Tiny Houses, walked into their workshop and saw one I liked and I went, I'll have that. And you've got a oh, loft. And I've got a loft. Mm-hmm. And it's a big loft. But then I've gone, okay, see how it's a peak roof? Can you change that to a skillion roof? And actually the doors on this end, can you actually flip that all the way around? Now actually the stairs. Can you put the stairs on there? Yeah. And how long have you been in it now? Uh, two and a half years. Loving every minute of it. Still still loving it. I think you're down for a minimum of a two-year stay at the St Kilda property. 
Yeah, so uh, the initial agreement with uh, with the landowner is a two-year period from installation, uh, and the initial permission that we've received from council is two uh, is two years. But I think it's interesting what Patty was saying about um, uh, going in and modifying that tiny house. So I had my green tiny designed, ready to go, yeah. and then this opportunity has come up. So it's been very interesting working on this tiny house with tiny house to go and it not being my dream tiny. I always imagined mm. that I would be moving into my into my tiny house, yeah. um, not, uh, um, not something that has been designed to demonstrate a concept to the larger community. Uh, but I think you've done it exactly right, Patty. Get in there, pay the extra, extra money, make sure it's perfect for you as an individual absolutely uh, they see it being your for um for forever tiny yeah well that's it yeah. and i i definitely um yeah pick and choose every little thing that i wanted i don't have the skills and i didn't have the inclination to do a diy but um but geez i've had my hands on every piece of it <laughs> <laughs> so great and i think there's something lovely about that too because even if you're not building it, being part of the process oh, and being able to look at um, look at the wall and say, hey, I made that decision for that, that finish there or um, I chose that flooring and, and it makes the space that much more homely. My first build were itty bitty. wasn't a tiny house as such. It was a tiny camper that we built. We were aiming for 75% recycled material, but we came in at 63%. And this is a vehicle that I take to uh, festivals just to start conversations around um, uh, tiny living. I think the base line cost for tiny houses is often confused because people will go to a tiny house builder and want to buy off the shelf and then think it, that it's going to fit them as an individual. But I think Patty's right. Go in there, change it up, mix yeah. it up. And I think what I, learned, what I learned too is you don't have to have it perfect at the first time you move in. It's, it's taken me probably two years to, well, I, I think 18 months before I actually put the shower in because I was living in a caravan park, I still am, and so I was using their facilities. So I didn't need a shower to start with. And so it was, it's been a process. I don't want the yeah. process to finish. Mm. <laughs> I like having these little projects to do. Yeah. <laughs> do you think you ever will be finished? No. <laughs> I think you and I would get along just that's fine. it and I, I think like that. that's it I think after the first year I started to realize that it's not just about my house anymore it's it's what's happening outside my walls and how can I sort of add to the community and this tiny house community so I've been looking for an opportunity to what's next. So I'm really looking forward to St Ives and meeting a few more people and the bigger scale of things. So yeah. it's not just my tiny anymore. It's uh, it's a bigger bigger push now. Yeah, and you are very inviting um, if people because I'm I met oh, you yes. I met you in the group <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh can I come over? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah I've had people come over. Actually, somebody I met. Um, through there as well she went oh, I'm having trouble with my stairs and I went come on over and we measured my stairs and the kids were running up and down them and, oh, yeah and, but it, awesome. if it helps somebody else along their journey that's great but it's it's a journey that keeps going this is what's interesting about the tiny yeah. living yeah there's an underlying ethos 
that um, is driving the whole movement, that skill share, um, uh, object share, that knowledge share, that yeah. uh, all the, those components are all elements that all of our ancestors survived and derived from. True. And yeah. I think it's, um, I like to think of it something that we've forgotten and we're rediscovering. And to me, that's something really beautiful. Right? Oh, we all get a bit self-involved um, mm. in these days with social media and stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think I, that's, I think that's one of the things I like about the um, Facebook community. Most of the people in the community are not in it for, uh, for selfish reasons. Yeah, They're, true. They are thinking bigger than themselves. But interestingly, bigger than themselves, Wanting to live in smaller spaces. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, oh. very much so. Oh, I think it's awesome. And um, just before we started recording, Elle, we, I was mentioning that tomorrow we're interviewing Norm from uh, the Bed Down Initiative and yep. um, we're having a little discussion around homelessness and housing affordability and how tiny houses are one of the solutions for that in the future absolutely well i i to me i feel like a no-brainer i think that we've got a few uh barriers oh first of all the the down initiative absolutely brilliant um yeah. so please pass off my gratitude to uh people getting out there and doing that type of work it's oh. so important yeah, um, when it comes to housing in australia at the moment uh well, even a couple of years ago, there was a piece of research released by Melbourne University where they costed a homeless person on the street at $80,000 per year when you add up emergency services, first aid, um, benefits, and all the extra services that go into looking after a homeless person. And, and then when you look at that and you look at a base level tiny as a one-off cost, or fifty thousand. Now that's not going to buy you a flashy tiny or anything like that, but it'll put a room, a safe, lockable, warm space there for somebody who needs mm. it. But it just makes that much more financial sense to have a one-off payment of that. Now I am aware that there are land issues, there are um, issues at both a local level and a state level. Yes, the National Construction Code needs to be amended in order to tailor for tiny houses, either that or a second class of um, caravan so that people can live in the long term because well, we all know tiny houses are very, very different from a caravan. One's very much more traditional building, lends itself to permanent housing, one lends itself to temporary housing. So, yeah, to me it would be we have an amazing opportunity to explore and uh, you nailed it. It's one of the solutions. It's not a whole solution, uh, but it definitely could be part of a solution uh, in the housing crisis that we're experiencing at the moment. And see that it could be rolled out um, emergency housing, domestic violence, multi generational uh, living, rather than having somebody who is going into a nursing home prematurely because the family homes become overcrowded. Mm. We can have an independent dwelling unit in the back in the backyard, uh, a tiny house, for that person to remain connected mm. to their family for longer and not in a nursing home deteriorating more quickly than they needed to. Or that teenager has a, has a, yeah. has a tiny house in the backyard. 
get them to learn to manage their space before they move out into the big wide world and have to do it out there, you know? Yeah. There's so many opportunities that um, uh, tiny houses have on offer, everything from a secondary income uh, by having a student in a tiny house in your backyard through to, yeah, just basic housing density issues. But, yeah, I could go on and on and on and on about that stuff. So it depends how far down the rabbit hole you want to go, ladies. Oh, no, it's so interesting. But, yeah, it, um, how are you mentioning about uh, having them for a teenager? I remember, remember that um, the Noosa event? That we mm. went to last year, and you were on the panel there, Patty. Mm. Um, a young Bryce Langdon was there, and he opened up to questions at the end of his talk. And a young boy, I think it was about thirteen, got up and he said, "I want to build my own tiny. Where do you think I should start?" And I was like, "Good on him!" That's like, ah, right. he said, "Just start. That's the thing. Just, Just start, start, buddy." Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, but I thought, oh, isn't that good? Young man, obviously, mm-hmm. his parents have a lot of influence in what's going on and will help him, but I was like, oh, that's so good. He, he's already thinking about his own home mm-hmm. and what, how he can do it and build it. What a good yeah. man. Oh, great young man. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think that's so lovely, and I love the, I love the advice there. Just, just start. There is yeah. a certain amount of... Um, kind of do need to take a bit of a leap of faith in this tiny house space. There's a lot of uncertainty in it. Uh, you can only plan it to a certain degree if you're waiting for it to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, true. Before you get started, chances are you'll never get started. Mm, so, that's exactly how yeah. I felt. I, I just wanted, I found it and I knew it spoke to me. And I just thought, I don't know how this is going to work out because I actually got a loan for it. And I'm thinking my biggest fear was actually not being able to afford to keep it. Now I've got it. How do I keep it? And, uh, yeah, some of the benefits were actually not not as much paying as much electricity um, mm. down to like $20 a month rather than $45 a month. So mm. Those sort of savings. It's just incredible. Oh, so good. I can't wait to have mine. Just start. You've got to start. Yeah, well, just start. Exactly, exactly. Well, I have just started. (laughs) The podcast is my just starting. Excellent. Yeah, last year I had, um, I was like, oh, I've thought about who I want to build it and what I want it to look like. And then I was like, discovered podcasts and, oh, no. Got a bit distracted. I got a lot distracted. Great though, because everybody has different starting points with with this, and I think there is no one path. Um, and I think the podcast is a, a pretty brilliant way to start because you're collating a lot of information that the rest of us have to put our notes in books or <laughs> scan the internet for. You're getting it firsthand, real and raw. So congratulations to you. I think that's Aww. brilliant. Oh, thanks, Al. That's lovely. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll get get myself a little treat after this. <laughs> a little chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. Oh. Okay. Well, was there anything else um, that we haven't covered that you'd like to mention? Yeah. If anybody's in the Sydney area um, next uh, next mm. month, do get along to the carnival and yep. please come and say hi if you're there. Yep. Um, if oh, those we will. That are in, in the Melbourne area, there is a free event uh, happening. Uh, and you can find that information through the Australian Tiny Houses 
Facebook group or on the Australian Tiny House directory. Um, yeah, so that'll be an interesting one. That's also happening in March. And the yeah, 20, the 20... so there if I'm there and you see me. So, so be sure, come say hi. Oh, awesome. So the festival, that, um, sorry, not the festival, the carnival, Tiny Homes Carnival is at St Ives on the 7th and 8th of March. And then the, yes, free, the free event that you're mentioning, is that the one on the 21st of March? And you're able, did I see something about f- free plans, tiny house plans? You did, you did, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, I will shoot you a link so that you can share that with all of your listeners. Oh, thank you. Um, but, but, but yeah, this company do, they're, they're very much aware of, um, like Patty did, um, wanting to find a tiny that uh, suits your needs as best as it can and then modify it. They're aware that there's a lot of people. So they feel if they give the plans for free, and, and if people want modifications, they can come in and uh, and work through those modifications with the company. And they're incredibly generous. So, yeah, they've got a whole heap of free plans available now, and they'll be releasing more free plans come the event. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Thank you so much, Elle. We really appreciate it. You've given us a lot of your time and a lot of knowledge and lots of stuff to be excited about. Absolutely. I get excited quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> tonight but it's it's not we'll plan a trip to st kilda for sure yeah oh yeah yeah it's totals okay absolutely i'm thinking it's a a bottle of wine on the deck that's That's an incentive sounds awesome all righty el we'll sign off for now and say good night good night and good night from me What a great episode. I would like to thank you for listening and I really hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. I would like to now invite you over to our exclusive Facebook group where you as our listeners will be able to interact with us, each other, see photos and additional extras that accompany each episode and be the first to know what we have coming up. If there is a particular topic you would like to hear more about or someone you think we need to interview, please drop us a line at Let's Talk Tiny Houses at gmail.com or via our Facebook group. You can find this podcast series on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast app. And while you're there, please show your love by giving us a rating. Hopefully it's five stars. Our show notes will be available on Podbean along with any podcast corrections and amendments. The Let's Talk Tiny Houses podcast is brought to you by myself, Christine Murphy, and my business, OCD, Organising, Cleaning and Decluttering Specialist, which can be found on Facebook or through my website, ocdpro.com.au. I would like to thank all my co-hosts for their amazing contributions and Joanne Helder for editing all our audio and making us sound so fabulous. Until next week, please take care and enjoy yourself.